You're listening to Endeavor Against Extremism, brought to you by The Clarion Project. I'm your host, Shireen Kadosi. I've always felt that the power of stories could never be underestimated. Stories are, are the most human thing about us, and if we can understand our crises at this point, using a framework of stories and narratives by speaking to real people, by understanding the real conversations that really should be happening at this hour that aren't always brought to you, then we can perhaps endeavor to understand our world today and our place in it, as well as learn the skills to build the world that we want so that we don't have to go the route of other groups of people who have felt that in times of extreme stress and duress, the only way to survive was to become more extreme. It doesn't matter how amazing the data and research in preventing violent extremism sectors is, if it's locked away behind the ivory towers of academia, our preventing violent extremism training program really emphasized getting that data out and into the hands of the communities, the frontline people, the multiplicators, the families, the law enforcement officers, social workers, all of the people who are going to be on the field, being in a position to identify at-risk children or young adults. One of the challenges in that is that the data is so layered and complex that it needed to be really deconstructed so that it's simple to understand. And part of that is also the vocabulary that the entire sort of niche industry of PVE and CVE sectors use. And that has been one of the the really big passions of our work. The analogy that has been typically used in early PVE, CVE days, I would say early CVE days, countering violent extremism days, was the analogy of the conveyor belt, which everyone in this industry now really debunks and stays away from. As much as we may want to get away from that, we forget that those simple stories are what resonate with people. So when you've got someone, let's say a parent, a congressman, when you've got you know, seven seconds to get someone's attention. Um, Really, that's what it comes down to. You've got seven seconds. If you have the luxury of the elevator pitch, you've got 30 seconds. How do you catch someone's interest enough that you've put a picture in their head where it makes sense? And, And that is where, not to advocate for the conveyor belt theory, but having those simple illustrations is so powerful. And we should be able to sort of carousel between them based on how much time we've got with each person. And that is an ongoing conversation. The story that I personally prefer, and I think it can be condensed down to seven seconds, or it can be really uh, stretched out to be an experience in a workshop, which is what I prefer to do, is what I call the waves of experience. And so while the conveyor belt story is discarded and no one uses it, I don't know what we've replaced it with in this industry. I don't see another story. And so this is a story that I came up with to help people understand how extremist recruiters feed on human vulnerability. What is the the experience of the child or the youth or the at-risk yellow flag or red flag adult who who has become vulnerable or is vulnerable to an extremist um, appeal? What I go back to is the very, very sort of simple experience of being at the beach. Most people have been at the beach. Those who haven't 
still kind of have the idea because they've seen films and movies of it. It's a very commonly identified feeling of being at the beach, especially as a kid, and it's such an exciting place to be. You've got the waves coming in, you've got the water, you've got the sand. I mean, it is it is really a happy place for a lot of people, and it is a place free of the burdens of everyday life, even for us as adults. But for someone who's vulnerable to extremism, those waves that are coming in and the sinking feeling of being locked into the sand goes from being something that's enjoyable and entertaining and fun and freeing in so many ways to being terrorizing. When every wave of water becomes, let's say, replace that with a wave of experience, stress, trauma, anxiety, grief, loss, alienation, I mean, you name it, whatever human trigger that we have that that breaks us down in some way or chips away at us, when every wave becomes one of those, then that experience of being at the shoreline isn't enjoyable. It's terrifying. It's a feeling of being frozen in an inescapable situation. When you go from taking a real beautiful childhood experience and shifting the lens of perspectives into something that now has become terrorizing to the individual. You can understand how while the everyday triggers that we may not like or that may make our day difficult or our lives difficult at some points um, are, are essentially manageable, for other people it becomes an experience of terror. And so the recruiter comes in where if you are stuck in the sand and every wave is some horrifying dread or experience coming at you one after the other, two at a time, three at a time, and it's unrelenting and you're sinking into the sand, when someone comes forward and blocks those waves and is able to put a wall up, comes a sort of salvation point in your life. So while everyone in the coastline is enjoying that experience, that recruiter can identify that this person isn't, this person needs a lifeline. And they come in and they put that wall up and they become that lifeline. If you are that person who is stuck in the sand, threatened to be drowned slowly by waves of, of horrific life experiences, that person who comes in and separates you from the, the, the stress factors in the world, become someone you immediately start looking up to and trusting. And that is essentially how the recruiter relationship with potential extremists operates. They become a lifeline, they become a salvation point, and they, in that, in that moment, begin earning their trust and the attention of then-radicalized individuals.